Good evening, everyone. We're going to start our song service. Feel free to sing along with us if you know the words.
such a special way, and yes, I'll praise you. I lift you up, I magnify your name. That's why my heart is filled with praise. That's why Good evening. Before we start, I'd like to have everyone come down closer and fill up all these gaps that we have right now, if we could, please. So if you could stand up and just move in either this way or further down and just fill in all the gaps we have, it would be great. If you could do that, please. Thank you for doing that. Now those who are still sitting, if we can have everyone stand, and we'd like to hold each other's hands while we pray. Dear Lord, we come to you tonight, our opening night of our revival. Lord, make us over. We come to you not worthy of anything that you have done for us, but by your grace, you have cleansed us of all of unrighteousness. We come to you thanking you just for the little things of just waking us up this morning and bringing us here tonight. And we ask that these seven nights be our seven days of Jordan, that each night will be as us dipping down so that on the 16th Sabbath morning we will come out refreshed, renewed, and a new birth of dedicating our lives to you. We ask those who have not come that you still send the Holy Spirit to them to work with them and those who are still on their way give them safe traveling mercies. I ask that you be with each family, the head that is bowed. We don't know what each of us are going through, but we know that we are here to hear from you. And I ask that you be with Pastor Washington through these next two weeks, that you may speak through him. And we thank you for everything that you've done for us, for we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to welcome you tonight to our first night of Lord make me over and as everyone gets seated we just want to welcome you all for coming and I'd like to know who is here that is not a member of our church if you would raise your hand please if I could have my ushers 
hand out some slips to those who are here that are not members. You keep your hands raised, please. As they're doing that, just want to thank you again for coming. And we know that you were in store for a huge blessing. Um, these last, I would say, couple weeks to a month, I've gotten to know Pastor Washington a little better. And I know that you were in store for a huge blessing because I know he is a man of God. He believes truly in what he is doing and that he is always so helpful in anything that I need or want, and I really appreciate him for that. And as you know, this is the first night. We go Wednesday night, Friday night, Saturday night, then Sunday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, and then Sabbath morning. The evenings are from 7 to 8, and then church starts at 11 o'clock. I want to know now who was the first person to arrive here this evening? If anyone knows. Does anyone know? Raise their hand if they know. You raise your hand. <laughs> Come on up. Another gentleman behind you. I want to give you a copy of Mark Finley's book, Studying Together. Be sure you read that and absorb all the knowledge that is in there. <laughs> Next, I want everyone to stand for me, please. We're getting a little exercise also, so you stay awake. I want to know who worked 10 hours this week. If they did, please sit down. Last week. Last week, who worked 10 hours? Yes, just 10 hours. Now, who worked just 20 hours? Last week. Who worked 30 hours last week? Please sit down. Any work. Who worked 40 hours a week? Please sit down. Who has worked just 50 hours last week, please sit down. Who didn't work at all last week, please sit down. <laughs> Who worked 60 hours a week? Well, there you have it. How many hours did you work, sir? All right. Like you come up also. <laughs> Thank you. So as you see now, if you come each week, there are gifts to be handed out. And there'll be different topics during the week. And we just want to thank you again for everything that you have done at this church and for coming out tonight. And we'll move into our next section of the program. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, everyone. So good to see you out here tonight. I want to do something special because uh, mothers are very important to me. Does anyone here have more than two children? Please raise your hand. All right. Does anyone here have more than three children? Okay. More than four? 
All right. Who has eight children or more? Anyone? All right. There's two. Okay. Who has nine children? Anybody have nine? So we have two with eight. Could these beautiful ladies please stand up? Please stand up. Go ahead, stand. Go ahead, stand. I want to give this to her. This is a beautiful book. Don't you see this? Strong's Exhaustive Concordance of the Bible. Somebody say amen. All right. We have one of these for both of you. We're going to give one to her. And then we're also going to give one to Sister Richie. All right. We love our mothers here. And if I had a million dollars, I would give them. How many does she have? Where's she at? Come on up, sis. Amen. <laughs> well, praise the Lord for telling the truth. She says she has seven, so <laughs> we're going to give this to her for blessing us with eight children. God bless. You may be seated. No, you're fine. You're fine. Now, this book that we're giving out nightly is entitled Studying Together. In this book, there are different Bible studies. It gives explanations on denominations. It's a real blessing to everyone. Now, even though Kerwin came up first, I saw these two sisters here sitting in the front row all early, and I'm going to make sure you have one of these as well. God bless you. God bless you. Now, during this week, during the Lord Make Me Over Revival, we're going to make sure that everyone has an opportunity to encounter God. Tonight and every night, we're going to have something called a prayer focus. This will give you an opportunity to pray, and then we're going to have someone up front pray over a specific topic. Tonight's topic is healing old wounds. Somebody say amen. Even I struggle with things from my childhood that affect me today. People who have hurt me, people who have offended me, family members who have hurt me, and I'm pretty sure there's someone in the room who feels that as well. So tonight during our prayer focus, and if our pianists could just play a little music as we prepare to play, as we prepare to pray, we're asking you, if you would like to pray specifically about healing old wounds, why don't you come on up to the front as we pray? And we're going to have Pastor Rock lead us in this prayer. I'm going to be the first to come up tonight. But if you want to pray about an old wound, maybe you haven't forgiven somebody. Maybe someone needs to forgive you. Maybe somebody hurt you a long time ago, and you might not be that over it. We're going to encounter God tonight and pray about healing old wounds. So why don't you come up to the front, take the hand of someone behind you. If you stay in your seat, take the hand of someone beside you as we prepare to pray. Now we're going to allow you to pray first for a few minutes. As you come up, take the hand of someone beside you. And then Pastor Rock is going to lead us to the throne of grace. So why don't you take about two or three minutes before Pastor Rock prays and talk to the Lord about that own old wound. Talk to the Lord about the hurt you experienced that may even be affecting you today. Talk to the Lord about what you need to overcome it, how it may be affecting your family and friends encounter God right now for the next few minutes just in silence why don't you kneel before the Lord and pray to him about this topic
And so, our Father in heaven, as we kneel in your presence tonight, we begin our prayer with thanksgiving and gratitude and expressions of appreciation for your mercy that has allowed us to be here. If we had 10,000 tongues, we could not appropriately express our appreciation, our love, and our gratitude because you've done not only what we know, but we've been spared and blessed thousands and millions of times when we didn't even know it. And so we say thank you tonight, Lord. And then we say, forgive us. Forgive us our sins and our debts as we forgive our debtors. And we say that if we have wounded others, forgive us for doing that. And if others have wounded us, please, Lord, Help us to put all those bad memories behind us and let us not be burdened with last year's problems. Let us not be deceived by last year's successes, but let us not be dragged down and held back and tied down by negativity. Let us live in the sunlight of your love and teach us to love, teach us to be humble, Teach us to be like Jesus, who even on the cross looked back and said, Father, forgive them. And may our forgiveness be pure, and may it be final, and may it be complete. There's so many other things for which we want to pray tonight. We pray for those who are just learning about your commandments in the Sabbath. We're praying for those who have been recently baptized. Strengthen them as a result of this evangelism revival. We pray for those of us who've been in the church and who have known the way for years. May we too grow together. And we pray for Pastor Washington as he plans and as he preaches. May there be souls one. Teach us to be good fishers of men and women. May we see a class started, a baptismal class with individuals getting ready for full-fledged membership with your people. But we know that none of this is possible if we regard iniquity because you said, if we regard iniquity in our hearts, you will not hear our prayers. So Lord, take it all away. Remove it now. And as we approach the lesson, as we approach the study tonight, May your Holy Spirit have full sway with the speaker, with all of us as hearers, and may we leave this place unburdened by the past and buoyed and strengthened for the future by your Holy Spirit. We ask in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.
the ladies to sing that chorus one more time for me softly as we let all the latecomers come in for now. If you could softly sing that chorus for us one more time as we prepare for our first message during this revival. The title of this revival is Lord, Make Me Over. Is that your prayer this week? Is that your prayer for these next couple of weeks? Oh, I know it's mine. For all the mistakes that I've made, for all the times that I've failed, for all the times I've come short, I want the Lord to make me over again. What do you say? Can you sing that with me? Sing the chorus with them. Start from the top. Sing it, y'all. Sing it, church. For all the times you failed, for all the times you dropped the ball, all the mistakes you may have made and no one knows about it, all the tears you've cried, all the disappointments you may have experienced, you're asking God these next couple of weeks, make me over again. Is that your prayer? Make me over again, God. Give me a second chance. Help me to be a better husband. Help me to be a better wife. Help me to know your word more. Help me to be a better son, a better daughter. Make me over again. Stand with me as we pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we give our hearts to you now. And Lord, I humble my heart before you because I don't want this just to be an ordinary meeting. The devil has for too long been successful among God's people. And Lord, tonight we are asking you, make us over again, Lord. We have fallen short of what you've expected of us. We have made excuses for not being the church militant. Lord, we have failed where the devil has run roughshod in our lives. Jesus, make us over again. Lord, we need your Holy Spirit. Lord, we read stories about how the apostles stood strong for the church. And Lord, sometimes it feels like we're running from the devil, Lord. Sometimes it feels like it's totally out of control. Lord, make us over again. Give us another chance, Lord, and bless us through your word. Lord, over these next couple of weeks, I pray now that you work a miracle in someone's life. Lord, somebody cried tonight before they came out. Lord, somebody is going through something that no one knows about, but it's a tragedy in their lives. And Lord, I'm asking with all of my heart, make them over again, Lord. Please, Jesus, do for them what only you can do and bless all of us in a special way. Now, if you believe what we just prayed, answer in the affirmative by saying amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Tonight's message is entitled, Lord, 
make me over. Lord, make me over. The book of Genesis, chapter 1. The book of Genesis, chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. The book of Genesis, chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. I will be reading to you from the New International Version of the Bible. Please follow along with me. Genesis chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth, subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that was fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all of the air and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has breath in it, I give you every green plant for food and it was so. God saw all he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. The air was fresh and mild on that day. This was the sixth day, and up to this point, no animal had ever laid eyes on a human being. The appointed place had been set. The regal lion ran swiftly alongside the striped tiger and the spotted cheetah. The majestic eagle led a squadron of parrots and doves and robins and geese and hummingbirds in perfect formation. Elephants marched like a beating bass drum through the lush trees of Eden while orangutans and chimpanzees and baboons hitched a free ride on the back of the elephants. All the animals had come from near and from far, from east and from west, to be in the presence of God as he finished hand-making the first humans. Even the fish swam upstream and leapt into the air to get a good look of their new masters. As if they were at a wedding or a coronation of a new king, all of God's creation bowed low as Adam stood to his feet. The blue whale was massive. The bear was strong. The deer was fast, but nothing compared to Adam. He was perfect 
in every way. His skin had the bronze glow of eternity. His eyes could pierce through a thick cedar. And he stood an impressive 22 feet tall, looking eye to eye with the giraffe. His intellect was so impressive that he named every animal without hesitation. The animals lived to please Adam. But after a short nap, they realized there was only one thing that could please Adam. When Eve rose to her feet, she made the peacock look like a dust mop. Her hair was like a kaleidoscope, reflecting several colors in the sunlight. The earth was perfect. Creation was complete. Adam had everything at his disposal. He had angels who would visit him and fellowship with him. He was the centerpiece of God's creation. No animal attacked or threatened him. He could swim with the sharks. He could run with the wolves. He slept alongside panthers. And if that wasn't enough, he had the knowledge that he and Eve were the only beings in creation that were formed by the hand of God. They had a future. They had resources. They had promise. But they also had an enemy. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. The word of God reads, Genesis 3 and verse 1. The word of God reads, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. Let's move to verse 6. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband, my Lord, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. The enemy had beaten them. Adam had traded promise for abject failure. He had traded long-term security of the truth for the short-term pleasure of a lie. He had been hoodwinked, bamboozled, run amok, and now he stands cold and naked and running from God. The same God who embraced him with the caress of eternity. The same God who carried him around for eons in his heart until he brought him to fruition. Now he runs from this very God, and we too have found ourselves in this situation. God gives us everything to be successful. Amen? And even if you weren't born with a silver spoon in your mouth, he made a way out of no way for you. He helped you when no one else did. He stood by you when everyone else left your side. God gave us everything. And just when you were on the cusp of your promise, 
just when your breakthrough was imminent, just when you can see the finish line, the enemy showed up, you gave in, and you gave it all away. You threw your hands up. I put my tail between my legs and I ran away from the enemy, an enemy that has a bunch of bark but no bite. And I ran away from him. And it's all gone because you can't be satisfied with your wife. It's all gone because you like to drink more than you like to study. It's all gone because you thought a slot machine could pay your bills quicker than God could. It's all gone, and now you're a has-been, a used-to, a statistic, a topic that people gossip about over Sabbath dinner. You're nobody. And in the midst of your despair, and in the midst of Adam's despair, three things become very apparent. First of all, we like to sin. Come on, you can say amen. Don't be afraid. We're not going to disfellowship you for saying that. We're not going to kick you out of our church. But the truth of the matter is, if we didn't like the sin, we wouldn't do it. Many of us plan to sin. Many of us work out our sin in our mind before we do it. It feels good. In that temporary moment, you feel as if you'll be the first person in history to make it to heaven as a sinner. But the fact of the matter is, in the midst of this, we realize we like to sin. But secondly, not only do we like to sin, we realize guilt doesn't last. Are you listening to me this evening? Listen, if guilt lasted, we'd have nobody in jail. We'd have no repeat offenders. No one would make a mistake again. But here's how it usually happens. We sin. We feel guilty. We promise a whole bunch of changes, and then we run back to our own vomit. We run back to the same thing time and time again. Make no mistake about it, church family. Guilt will not change you. Feeling bad about something will not save you. So if you like to sin, don't fool yourself in thinking guilt will change you. But not only won't guilt change you, We all need to understand, you can't fix yourself. If you are broken, understand tonight, you cannot fix yourself. There is nothing you can do to work yourself out. One of the most annoying things to me when my car breaks down, and most men do this, all right? Can I talk to the men for a minute? Most men do this, okay? When your car breaks down, what do you do? What do you do? You get out the car, you lift up the hood, and you look under there like you know what you're doing. (laughs) Huh? Huh? Have you done that before? Pop the hood, and and you're looking. You're looking. I remember one time my wife's car broke down. Well, she wasn't my wife at the time. She was my girlfriend. So I wanted to impress her, you know? So I pop the hood, and I'm looking under the hood. Oh, yeah, that that has to be the carburetor. No, no, no. No, no, let me see. That must be the alternator. I didn't know what I was talking about. I had no idea what I was talking about. And likewise, in our lives, when we make a mess of ourselves, you might as well not even pop the hood and try to diagnose yourself because guess what? Even if you could, you can't fix yourself. 
you can do nothing to fix yourself. So in the midst of your despair, don't wallow in self-pity. Cry out to the Lord and say, God, please make me over again. I've made a mess of everything. I have fooled myself to thinking that I can dance with the devil and go to bed with God. But in making a mess out of my life, I realize I can't fix it, and I need you to make me over again. I need your help. Oh, can you see Adam there? Can you see him there shivering and naked? And God saying, Adam, where are you? Where, where is the Adam that I used to know? Where is the Adam that I used to see standing tall with angels? Where is that Adam? And now Adam is running from God. He falls before the Lord fully expecting to be killed, fully expecting to die for his sin. But instead of looking up and seeing a judge, Adam looks up and sees a Savior. Hallelujah. And in Genesis 3.15, he gets some good news. Look at this. The word of God says, I will put enmity. Say that with me, everyone. Enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. In Greek, this is called the proto-euangelion. In other words, this is called the first gospel. Instead of Adam hearing bad news, he heard good news. And in layman terms, what that text is saying is that one day a savior will show up. And when he comes on this earth, the devil will hurt him, but eventually he will crush the serpent's head. Hallelujah for the good news. Instead of looking up at a judge, Adam looks up at a savior and he hears the good news. While I have made a mess of everything, because of me, the atmosphere will change. Because of me, we will have predators. Because of me, we will have tear ducts. Because of me, now we'll have waste coming out of our body. Because of me, leaves will fall off trees. But as much as I've messed it up, one day, a Savior will come to make everything all right. One day, a Savior will come to make me over again. So, if you hear something in your mind telling you you're nobody, if you hear something telling you in your mind that you can't make it, if you hear something telling you in your mind you've made a mess of your life, you might as well not come back to God, I want you to hear in your mind, what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. Turn there quickly. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Some of you know it by heart. Some of you know it by heart. 2 Corinthians 5.17. And this is the designated shouting moment of the, of the sermon. So if you haven't shouted yet, here's your chance. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Here we go. Here we go. What does the word say? If any man, say it with me, be in Christ, he is a What? A new creature. Behold what? Old things are passed away and all things become new. If that echoes in your mind at that moment, you realize that as much of a mess you've made in your life, Jesus died to give you the opportunity to be made over again. You can get a second chance because we indeed serve the God of a second chance. Hallelujah. 
praise the name of Jesus. The Bible says, if any man, and for that matter, for any man or woman that be in Christ. Now listen, you got to be in Christ to accept this. Huh? Dr. Phil can't make you over. Huh? Huh? These homosexuals on the E channel who want to give you new clothes and, and new eyelashes and new hair, they can't make you over. But the word says, if any man be in who? Christ Jesus. He is a new creature, not a refurbished creature. I sent my phone in one time. It was broken. They sent me back a phone that had a big sticker on it that said refurbished. I called them up. I said, what does refurbished mean? They said, well, we took someone else's used phone and fixed it for you and gave that to you. I said, no, 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 no. I want a brand new phone. I don't want a refurbished phone. And the good thing about Jesus Christ, he doesn't give you a refurbished life. He doesn't give you a recycled life. He gives you a brand new life if you choose to follow him. Amen and amen and amen. So if you blew what God made you with, God can indeed make you over again. If you forfeited all the great things that God gave you, and if you're hearing this tonight, hear it now, God can indeed make you over again. If you have made a mess of your life, if you have given up all of your divine prerogative in serving God, you have an opportunity today to be made over again through the power of Jesus Christ. Who says amen? Let's go to the screen as we close. Let's go to the screen as we close. Let's go to the screen, Brother Gordon. Let's take them all down. Let's take them all down, Brother Gordon. Samson was born with a lot of promise. He was supposed to be a judge and a redeemer for his people. In his youth, he exhibited great strength and easily beat wild animals. He was well-liked and got along with a lot of people. God was going to do great things to, through him, but Samson had an enemy, my Lord, and this enemy knew his weakness. And like so many of us, when an enemy knows your weakness, Several bad things can happen. And when Samson revealed his weakness to his enemy, this weakness left him bald, blind, and bound. But in his weakness, he realized his affinity for sin. He realized guilt would not save him. He realized he could not fix himself. Look at him. No eyes. His long flowing mane gone. His body beaten and bruised. A shell of the man that he used to be. And unfortunately throughout Las Vegas, we can find several people who can relate with Samson. The enemy used the one thing he could not turn down. And what the enemy used was a sweet-talking woman. 
he gave up his livelihood. He gave up his future. He gave up his promise just to be held in the arms of Delilah. In Judges chapter 16, verse 26 and 28, we learn that Samson's hair begins to grow again. And when he's in the theater being laughed at and picked on, he asks the servant, Servant, bring me closer to the pillar that I may touch the pillar and fill my hands against it. Samson is positioned near the pillar. And I'm here to let you know tonight that if you found yourself in the same position as Samson, that is not the time nor the place to run from God. You need to put yourself in a position to seek God once again. What do you say? You have to find God once again. So Samson found himself in the middle of those pillars. And like everyone should do when they get in trouble, Samson began praying to my God Almighty. Samson said to the Lord, Lord, I know I've made a mistake. I know I've messed up. I know I'm not what you want me to be. I know I've failed you. All you have to do is look at me, God. I don't deserve a second chance. But Lord, oh my Lord, Lord, if you could just give me my strength one more time, if you could give me another opportunity to make it right, I promise I won't fail you. Lord, make me over again. Lord, give me back the desire to love you. Give me back the desire to do your will. Lord, I used to go to church. Lord, I used to sing in the choir. Lord, I used to sit with the other saints. But somehow along the way, I listened to the enemy and I failed you. And tonight, all I need is another chance. God, if you will, just give me a half of my strength back and I'll make sure I'll never fail you again. And like a father has pity on his children, God had pity on Samson. And once again, he got strength in his arms. Oh, the muscles and the biceps and the triceps begin to tighten. He felt his chest expand. And once again, he felt the sweet presence of his Lord and Savior flowing through his heart. He began to push those columns, and as he pushed, he pulled the whole building down, fulfilling his destiny in one fell swoop. I'm here to let you know tonight, it's not too late for you. If it wasn't too late for Samson, it's not too late for you. God can make you over again. He gave this man another chance to do what he was called to do. He can give you the same chance. Oh, my God didn't give up on me. And every day I thank him that he didn't. And I'm here to let everyone know under the sound of my voice, he won't give up on you. The devil now is trying to convince you that you're nothing. You're nobody. You'll never do great things. But I'm here to tell you, he didn't go there for nothing. He didn't go to the cross for nothing. He didn't go to the cross for nothing. My God can do the impossible in your life because he's already done the impossible. 
He lived a sinless life on this earth so he could be there for you. The angel said, you know, I'll go. Gabriel said, I'll go. But Jesus said, you can't go. You're not worthy, Gabriel. You're not worthy. I have to go. I can't bear eternity without them. And even if one comes back, it'll be worth it. So Jesus said, prepare me a body. And he didn't get the best looking body. He didn't get the most muscular body. Isaiah says there was nothing about him that we should desire him. He was an average looking guy. But he came to this earth and he taught us how to live. He came to this earth and healed people. He came to this earth and said, follow me. And what did he get in return? The same God that created us all got punched in the face. The same God that loved us all got his teeth knocked out. He got his beard ripped out. His flesh was pounded to the point where he says, Father, why have you forsaken me? All of my sin, all of your sin, all of your sin, all of your sin. All these sick individuals in this world. The man who said he killed John JonBenet Ramsey. God treated Jesus like he did it. He had to bear all of our sin. But he did it. So in 2006, on September 3rd, he can give you the opportunity to be made over again. No matter what you've done, no matter how far you've run, tonight God can make you over again. So with every head bowed, every eyes closed, I want to pray for somebody tonight. Throughout these next couple of weeks, you'll have several opportunities to encounter God. You'll have several chances to get it right. And tonight is your first chance. You've heard the word of God. You've heard stories about people who asked God to make me over again. And God never disappointed. And someone tonight made me saying, God, I haven't been what I'm supposed to be. I don't care what people think about me. I know what you think about me. And I know I haven't been what I'm supposed to be. And I need you to make me over again. I need a second shot, Lord. I need to know that everything is all right between me and you. I want to know, do you still love me, God, like you used to? Because I need the desire back to love you. No one's looking. And if that's you tonight, you want that to be your prayer, to make me over again. Just stand to your feet. Whoever you are. Wherever you are. Make me over again, Lord. Over again. Lord, I'm going to do better, but I can't do it without you. Lord, give me another chance. My mistakes have affected my family. They've left me. 
they don't respect me anymore. But Lord, give me another shot. Let me feel your strength one more time. Make me over again. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being the God of a second chance. Make us over again. Oh, Father in heaven, tonight in this solemn moment, we encounter you. Lord, Adam must have felt terrible about all the pain he caused this world. And Lord, Samson had forfeited all his promise. But Lord, you gave them hope. You gave them hope that you could make them over again. As you hung on that cross, you ensured that everyone under the sound of my voice could have a second chance. So Lord, tonight, for every person that's standing, make them over again. Make them better husbands. Make them better wives. Make them better sons. Make them better daughters. Take the pain away, Lord. Wash them of their sin. Rebuke the devil in their lives. Encamp angels around their homes. Make them over again, Lord. Give them the strength to say no and the courage to say yes to you. I ask this because I believe in you and I know you'll come through. In Jesus' name, let everyone say amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. That's my prayer for you, that God would make us all over, and I hope that he does that for you. I'd like to give you an invitation. We'll be here every Sunday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, and Saturday afternoon. If you look at the clock, it's 8 o'clock. You're about to go home. We're not going to hold you a minute past 8, but every night you'll have an opportunity to encounter God. This Wednesday night, the topic is breaking the yoke, lifting the burden. It's a message about salvation and the true nature of it. This Friday night, the message is entitled, I Know the Judge. It's a message about the second coming of Jesus. Amen? And then Sabbath evening, the message is entitled, If You Love Me. And it's a message about the law of God, the holy law of God. I would love to see all you back. And I would also ask that you bring a friend. Let's fill this place up and let's bless the Lord. So I will see you again this Wednesday night. If you're a family here and you may have not had all the school supplies that you needed for your young people, as you exit in the lobby, we set up a table where we're going to be distributing school supplies. Our members have been so gracious to donate so much, and we have plenty for you. So if you're short on school supplies, come on to the back. No shame in it. Get as much as you need and take it with you so your young people can be blessed at school. We want them to have all they need when it comes to school. God bless you. Hope to see you on Wednesday night at the Lord Make Me Over Revival. We love you, and God bless. You can consider yourself dismissed.